All right, we're back on the main channel. We're back here with a massive, massive, massive green day. I mean, just look at these bubbles. Mina's up 113%. If I look at the Bitcoin chart, look at that pump. We haven't seen a pump like that since the days of the raging, raging, raging bull market. Now, look, if you feel like you've missed this pump, that's what this show's about because we need to talk about whether it is actually too late to get into Bitcoin. And if it is too late to get into Bitcoin, what should you be getting into? So if you are feeling FOMO, you're not alone. A lot of people are feeling FOMO. I'll show you where we are and I'll show you whether or not you should actually be getting in. It's a very, very, very important show. And then if you missed this pump, and it's not a joke, if you missed this 116.93% in one day pump on Mina, I'm going to show you the next pump that's going to happen on Mina. I must say, I did think in the beginning of the week that we were going to get FOMO, but I didn't realize when I tweeted this, I didn't realize that the FOMO was going to be so big. So that's what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about the FOMO. Let's talk about whether or not you should actually be getting into stuff or whether you should just be staying out of the market now and waiting for some kind of pullback. And the answer is actually not what you think. So on a green day, let's go, guys. I bet you when you woke up this morning, this is how you felt, right? You felt like it was a victory lap. You thought, that's it, I've won. I'll tell you, that's how I felt. In fact, let me tell you how I felt. Last night when I was trying to go to bed, I was watching the Bitcoin price go up. And I thought, this feels like one of those raging, 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 raging bull markets. I remember the days in the bull market where we used to stay up and you wouldn't be able to go to sleep because we were just making so much money. If you went to sleep, it meant that you probably missed a trade. And that's exactly how I felt last night. And then I made a terrible mistake. I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and um, I went to the bathroom. And when I went to the bathroom, I used my phone as a light. So not to wake up everybody else around the house. And when I, I used the phone as a light, I, I caught a glimpse of the Bitcoin price. And I saw 35,000 and I was like, holy shit, this is exactly, exactly, exactly what I warned everyone about the whole week. Because it felt in the beginning of the week, like there was going to be massive, massive, massive FOMO. That was in the beginning of the week. And then I realized that what the market was telling you is that the market knew that the ETF is days away. And I still think that the market, that, that the ETF is days away. That's part of what we're going to look at uh, today on the show, on, uh, on, on the Banter channel. So listen, uh, we haven't seen each other for a while on the Banter channel. So if you're not already a subscriber on the Banter channel, subscribe to this channel because we bring you content on both Banter and Banter Plus. And if you are subscribed to this channel, smash the like button. Let's see if we can obliterate the like button. On the other channel, we were getting like 1,500 likes per show. I think that today on a day like this, you guys can do better. And I can see Bangkok Bert calling it. He says, Ran, Ran called it. I must say, I don't really like to blow my own trumpet, but I really, really, really have called this, this bull market. From the beginning, I, I called this bull market spot on. And I, I think from, look, my trading my trading record shows exactly that this year. I mean, I've had the best year uh, trading, but in my calls in the last couple of days have been absolutely, absolutely fantastic. In fact, I showed you guys our portfolio. Our portfolio is now 100% up. Literally, our portfolio is now 100% up. I want to show you, that was a portfolio that we did um, a, a year ago, I think. Let me just quickly get it a second. Hold on a second. Uh, hold on one second. Let's just quickly get it here. So our portfolio is now literally up. Well, it was up even actually even more. Let's have a look here. Um, okay, now my screen is freezing. So let's see what let's see what happens here. Uh, hold on, my screen's frozen. Okay, now my whole laptop's frozen. Hold on a second. Let me try and get my laptop. Okay, I got the laptop back. So here is our ETF. Um, you can see that our first ETF, which is. Uh, Okay, I got the wrong ETF here. I'll show you the ETF anyway. That ETF is now up uh, one, 104%. So it's up, uh, it's up 104%, which is what I'll show you. I'll try and get, get you guys the ETF at the end of the show. All right, guys, let's get into it because I know that this is how we feel right now. I know that this is exactly how we feel right now. We feel like we completely beat... Oh, uh, guys, I don't know if I can share my screen. James, if you could just help me out share the screen. Uh, so James is going to help us share the, share the screen quickly because my computer froze. Where am I going? Yeah, just refresh the screen. Okay, let's just refresh the screen. 
That one. And we're gonna go to there. Okay, cool. You guys should be seeing my screen now. Let's see. One, two, one, two. Check one, two. Okay, we can actually see the screen. So, uh, I know we feel. I know we feel absolutely, absolutely vindicated uh, by by this pump. Hold on, my screen again is giving me trouble. Because I know we do feel absolutely um, vindicated by this pump. And for me, remember I said to you that I thought that this pump would take us to about 25% up in October. My forecast at the beginning of October when the month started, I said, this pump is going to take us to a 25% up in October. And I still think we're going to have a green November. And it's very hard to forecast December, but I'm forecasting that we continue. Because I think we're going to follow the 2015 pattern over here where we had a Slightly up September, we had a very up October, a very up November, and a very up December. Despite what what everybody um, uh, uh, what what everybody what everybody else is calling, but this is an amazing pump. So the reason why this pump is so amazing is number one, it took us to that twenty five percent target that I had. The second thing is that if you look now where we are in Bitcoin, the price is the highest price that we've had this year. In fact the highest price since the mid-lunar collapse. The 9th of May is the mid-lunar collapse. And now we, not only did we take out the yearly highs yesterday, not only did we take out that resistance yesterday, not only did we take out the highs from June 22, but now we're like starting to climb back up to pre-lunar level. So we're now climbing the new mountain of, of pre-lunar levels. The other reason why I am extremely impressed by this pump was because we invalidated that head and shoulders. Remember I said to you yesterday, we had this shoulder, head, and if we hadn't broken up above this head, it would have been the invalidated head and shoulders. And we would, we would have gone down to like 25,000. That was one of the risks. And what happened here is we completely, completely, completely invalidated that level. So that level is now complete history. And we are, I don't know if you, if you watched the show yesterday on Banter Plus, but I said to you uh, yesterday on Banter Plus, I said, if we get through this level over here and we cross this level over there and we close above this level over here, then it's going to be like a knife through hot butter because there is no resistance all the way up to like these levels over here, which is the thirty-seven dollars to $39,000. That's exactly where we're at. There's no resistance. Look at that green candle. There's just no resistance. And we are Exactly like my call yesterday, exactly like I said, we're going up through this like a, like a hot knife, thr uh, uh, slicing through butter. Now, when I was watching this pump yesterday, I was watching a few things. The first thing is the last part of this pump. So if you look at the last part of this pump, the last part of this pump was actually a short squeeze. How do I know that? Because I've got the Binance Perpetual here, the Binance Futures over here. You can see in the Binance Futures, that in I'm on the hourly just to give you a very, very, very short time frame. And you can see that as we got the last part of the pump, the last part of the pump was the FOMO buying and the short squeeze. You can see that as that happened, the open interest fell from 100,000 contracts all the way back down to 84,000 contracts. So these guys over here got liquidated. In fact, let's just see how many of them got liquidated. So we had, that's what the liquidations look like. Just have a look at these liquidations. So that is what the liquidations look like. We haven't seen a, a liquidation period like that for quite, a, for quite a, a long period of time. And I think that if we look at the total number of liquidations, we had 425 million liquidated. Now, because there was no volatility in movement, what we know for sure is that these guys were all short. So the last part of the pump was very, very, very much a, um, a, a, um, a short squeeze. Um, and that's why when we got to the last part of the pump, I started taking profits on some of the positions that I didn't have much conviction in. Because I said, look, if it's a short squeeze, then I think what's going to happen is we're going to stop going up at the same rate and we're going to actually start leveling off and maybe even like, like coming down. We did that. I mean, we are now 34,500. So pretty much when I called that, that was pretty much the top. And now we're in a consolidation phase before the next level. And I guess the big question is, what is that next level? What happens next? Are we going to go up for another leg up? Or are we going to go down again and get some kind of correction and actually flash this out? Let me know in the comments what you think. Let me know in the comments uh, what, what you think. Let me know if you think the next move is up or whether we actually flash back down. Let's, 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 let's look at it. Uh, I'm going to show you what I think in a second. So I've been talking a lot today. I was on Sheldon's show earlier. 
and 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 then obviously getting ready for this show and you know getting getting the team all right up here. There's a lot going on here. Anyway, let's let's look at what happened. Let's look at at um, what is actually happening here because what we're seeing now is actually exactly what I said on Sunday. On Sunday night, I said, guys, I'm expecting huge FOMO buying this week. There's a lot happening this week, which for me showed me that there's going to be huge FOMO buying this week. And we started covering the FOMO yesterday. And I showed you yesterday that the FOMO was a completely different type of FOMO. It wasn't the the crypto bros uh, buying into the FOMO. And you can see that if you look at, at this chart over here. If it was the crypto bros, then what would have happened was the open interest would have gone up on Binance. When I go onto the daily, what you can see is that the open interest is actually so far down. It is actually half of what it was in November last year. And it is about 50% down from, oh no, sorry, 33% down from where it was in August. So this is not crypto bros actually buying. This is not us buying on Binance and on crypto exchanges. This is a different type of FOMO. We spoke about this, this FOMO yesterday. This is a FOMO of institutions, funds, Wall Street, actually getting real FOMO about Bitcoin. They don't care about the stock market. They don't care about bonds. They are now getting huge, huge, huge FOMO around Bitcoin and anything related to Bitcoin, not only Bitcoin. It is, uh, to, it is coins like Coinbase, MicroStrategy, Riot. They want anything that can give them exposure to Bitcoin and to crypto. They want it. And they don't really care about the price because they're saying whatever the price is, because this is a unique asset with a real limited supply, they don't really care what the price is. They, they want into our market. They want into it. And ironically, it all started here. It started with the fake news from Cointelegraph. And I love this tweet over here, which is like, look, let's thank our, our fallen soldier, Cointelegraph, for kickstarting this. Because what it did was it made people realize that the ETF is inevitable. And because the ETF is inevitable, we are now moving, uh, we now need to make sure that we load up on this asset. And now we've created this huge FOMO that I actually, that, that I spoke about. Now, let's just understand the type of FOMO that we are seeing here, because this is unprecedented. When I say to you, it's unprecedented. As I said before, it's not the crypto bros that are brand. These are whales. I mean, just have a look at this. One whale bought 6,000 Bitcoin, 6,000 Bitcoin on an exchange. Just, that's it. One whale on Bit on Bitham, which is a Korean exchange, okay? One whale went and bought 6,000 Bitcoin, 6,000 Bitcoin on, on the exchange. The Coinbase premium, now remember Coinbase is where most institutions in the United States are doing their Bitcoin shopping. The Coinbase premium has just jumped. Have a look at that. That's according to CryptoQuant. We haven't seen that kind of jump in the, in the Coinbase premium for a long, long, long time. What does that show you? It shows you that the institutions are starting to come in. Because if you're an institution in the United States, where are you buying Bitcoin? You're either buying on Coinbase or you're buying it on what we spoke about yesterday, which was the CME futures. If you're a big fund, then what you're doing is you're buying in the CME futures. And yesterday we had another record day for CME futures. These funds cannot get enough of Bitcoin futures. And you can see it again in the data. Here it is again. Here's the data. The data is telling you that the, um, that the, uh, the futures interest is insatiable. But it's not only Coinbase. It's not only Spot. It's not only on Coinbase. It's not only CME futures. Now we've got a new horse in the race, a new horse that has come in, and that horse is options. Because remember, you've got the institutions and what are the tools that the institutions use to trade? Well, they use options. They use CME futures, not Binance futures. They use CME futures. They use Coinbase spot. And now the options are in the race. So uh, BTC, call options, open interest just hit 10 billion. At the peak of the 2021 bull run, it hit 9.9 9 billion. Okay, what is that showing you? It's showing you that there's a new kind of buyer here. It's not the same little shrimp buyer that we saw in 2021 in the bull market. These are, this is a different kind of market. And when this player comes to the blackjack table, it's like, let's put it this way. 
It's like when you go to the blackjack table and you know, you're very happy, you're playing on a $25 blackjack and you're playing and you're playing and you're playing. And then all of a sudden someone comes and sits down and what does he do? He puts down his stack of $5,000. It's like you look at him, you say, bro, we've been playing on this table for like a couple of hours. We've been having fun. We've been ordering drinks with our $50 chips and you come here and you put your $5,000 down. I know, I know a lot of you have experienced that, right? I, I, tell me in the comments if, if that is exactly, someone says all in. It's exactly it. It's like we're playing poker, we're playing with $25 chips and then the guy comes and he puts all in, $5,000. Like, bro, that's not fair. That's what's happening in our market right now. These guys are coming in and they're looking at the stakes that we've been playing and they're saying, you can't play these stakes. You got to play real stakes. And the problem is, and I'll show you in a second what actually happens here, but if we keep looking at it, the options, the futures open interest breach 100K for the first time ever. 100,000 Bitcoin. Okay. Again, they're coming in and they're playing with different denominations, much bigger chips. The options market, as I said, look at the options market growing and growing and growing. And you can see that the type of options that these guys are taking are completely bullish options. Just look at the, the options here. So the best, the biggest option here, the one with the most options, uh, volume is this is this one over here, which is the forty thousand dollars in in twenty ninth December twenty twenty three. That's the one with the most volume at the moment. So these guys are betting big that Bitcoin is going to go up, and they're starting to target fifty thousand dollar Bitcoin targets in Q one twenty twenty four. This is what the options data is telling us, right? Um, and as I said to you, the institutions have a few a few tools at their disposal. They, don't, they can't buy Bitcoin spot just yet because there's no ETF. They want to get exposure. What's the exposure they're getting? Any Bitcoin-related stock, Bitcoin futures on the CME. You can see that those Bitcoin futures on the CME went up. Bitcoin options. And you can see that that's, that that's, actually, that that's actually exactly what they're doing. Now, what I recommend, I recommend that if you are here and you want to join us, um, join us and let's do an options course together. Now I'm organizing an options course for you guys for for the for the banter fam, but only for 100 people in the banter fam. It's with Deribit. Now all you have to do is there is a link below. Go to Deribit now. Open an account using the link below. You will get fifty dollars for opening your account, and then we're going to use that fifty dollars to learn how to trade options. Now I want to show you how amazing these options are. So. You can buy an option for, let's say if you want to buy a call option for the, uh, what, what, what strike price am I looking at? Let's go to December. So you can buy a call option, which gives you the right to buy Bitcoin at $50,000 for $719 now. Now, what happens is as Bitcoin price goes up closer to the $50,000, that $400 or that $700 can become $1,500, $2,000, $4,000. Options is really the safest and easiest way to make money, right? And that's exactly uh, what, what, what we want to teach you guys. So if you haven't already signed up, just go to the link below, sign up with the link below. Let's do the options course together so that we can trade like the institutions. Anyway, let's carry on. So we now know about options. Um, also, Deribit's having a, a trading competition. So... Um, you know, not only will we do the options, but there's also going to be a trading competition which we can enter until the 6th of November. So I got until the 6th of November. Anyway, um, let's see. I see we still got only 756 likes. I want to show you the next part of it because the next part of it is specifically, 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 the next part of the show is very, very, very important because it shows you where this FOMO is actually coming from. So I said to you in the beginning of the week that I am expecting huge FOMO this week. And if I look at what I saw yesterday, the market is pretty much telling you one thing. It's telling you that the ETF is days away. In fact, some of the rumors that I've heard, I don't want to say this, I'm going to say it, but this is a rumor. It could even be today. But if it's not today, it's, 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 it's days away. What the institutions are realizing is that the ETF is actually days away and that they don't have exposure or enough exposure to this asset class. And what you can see is you can see in the search data that these guys are starting to search the term Bitcoin ETF because it's becoming a reality. 
We saw Larry Fink talk about it last week. We saw Mike Novogratz talk about it last week. We saw um, Kathy Wood talk about it last week. We saw Fidelity talk about it last week. Now we're getting the SEC themselves. Hester Peirce, who is a, she's a Republican, one of five SEC commissioners. She went on yesterday and she said, can say that generally the agency has not been very good when it comes to anything related to Bitcoin or other crypto assets. And look, I hope that every day, every day, I, I hope that they'll wake up and they'll think, you know what, we need to take a more productive approach. That hasn't happened yet, but I'm, of course, hoping that right. it will. So she carried on in that same interview and she said, look, I've been talking about this for five years. I've been saying for five years that we should actually approve a Bitcoin ETF. She said, I can't actually comment on whether or not we're going to approve this one. But I think you can kind of see in her face when you watch the interview, you can kind of see in her face that what she's saying is she's saying that there's an approval, which is very, 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 very close. So what caused this yesterday? And why did I say yesterday that it looks like we are just days away. So what caused this thing over here? This little pump right here. Okay. What caused this pump right here was this tweet over here. And the tweet was from Eric Baltrunas, who's the Bitcoin, sorry, the Bloomberg ETF analyst. And what he said yesterday says, look, it looks like Grayscale have actually registered a ticker symbol for their ETF. And the ticker symbol is IBTC. So you know, like basically what happens is when the SEC prep you to, to launch an ETF, you got to go through a whole lot of like formalities. And part of the formalities is you got to register with what they call a, um, a CUSIP, a QSIP in preparation for launch. And then you get a ticker symbol, which they've now got, which is the IBTC ticker symbol. Then what you start seeing is that they need to start seeding the ETF. Now, what does seeding the ETF mean? Seeding the ETF means that what they have to do is they have to actually start buying some Bitcoin on the open market and actually start seeding, putting some Bitcoin into the ETF, almost like to get it to get the ball in motion. And that's what we saw yesterday. So we saw the IBTC. Um, we saw the IBTC uh, 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 ticker launched. Then we saw um, an amendment that reveals that in October seed. Okay, so. A BlackRock's recent amendment reveals an October seed. So in October, the seed capital investor, let me make that bigger for you guys so you can see it, an affiliate of the sponsor subject to conditions purchased by the seed creation basket comprising of something, something, something shares, price, something, something shares, as described as the seed capital investor. So basically, they are hints here that they are so far ahead in, along in the process that they are... Um, uh, they are starting to 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 seed or potentially starting to seed this ETF. This is where the big realization for for BlackRock comes in, because this is the first time in probably the history that they have to seed an ETF, and they have to buy Bitcoin, or specifically they have to buy an asset that is limited in its supply. And not only is this asset limited in its supply, but the problem that they're starting to have on the open market is. That that's great that you want to seed, but the problem is that 76% of the Bitcoin is sitting in the hands of long-term holders. And you know what these long-term holders are saying? They're pretty much saying, I won't sell my Bitcoin to BlackRock. And so BlackRock are realizing that actually for probably the first time in their history, if they want to start seeding their ETF, that's great, but you need to buy Bitcoin from somewhere. It's not like normal assets where there's an infinite supply. Here, you actually have to buy it from these degen retard long-term holders who've decided that they're not actually selling their Bitcoin for, for now. And so you're creating this supply shock and then people are realizing, hold on, there's a supply shock. Even BlackRock probably isn't getting their hands onto it. And so the price is going pretty much up and up and up. And, and that's pretty much where, where we are right now. Um. So that's the first thing that happened yesterday. Second thing that happened yesterday is that the judge in the Grayscale case, now remember Grayscale won the case against the SEC. And in that case, the judge said, look, you're being capricious. You can't say that a Bitcoin spot ETF is different from a Bitcoin futures ETF. That's not allowed. That's like, that's against the rules of the game, right? And what the judge has now ordered, he has ordered, 
the judge ordered that the U.S. Court of Appeals had issued a mandate that could be a game changer for Grayscale and, and the world. Um, and essentially what the judge said is they have to revisit the application that they declined. So now there's like pressure on, on Gary Gensler and the SEC to say, look, you now have to, you have to revisit this application and tell, tell them why it's not approved if it's not approved. Okay, that's big. Because that means that they have to approve the Grayscale, well, they probably will have to at some stage approve the Grayscale uh, Bitcoin spot application. And I think what the SEC is doing is they're saying, look, we're not going to just approve the Grayscale one. If we're going to approve, we're going to approve the BlackRock one as well. And the one thing that I actually found very weird is, how come, if this is the case, if this is the case, how come BlackRock are the only one that got a, 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 a ticker symbol? Where's everyone else? Is like, where's Kathy Wood's um, uh, application? Why isn't she already starting to seed her Bitcoin, um, her Bitcoin application, her Bitcoin ETF application? So this is, this is where we're at. And I think that what's going to happen now, they're all going to start registering their ticker symbols very, very, very soon. And actually, what we're seeing now is that companies are starting to look past the, the, the Bitcoin ETF and starting to look at the next ETF. And what's the next ETF? Of course, it's the, it's the Ethereum ETF. So what you're seeing now is you're seeing them, Grayscale, SEC acknowledged Grayscale's ETF spot filing. Um, uh, Grayscale, SEC filed Grayscale Ethereum Trust. So they're starting to think to, to look forward. The other thing that you need to look at now is you need to look at Coinbase because with all these ETFs actually going through, remember Coinbase is the custodian for all these ETFs. And I said to you guys when Coinbase was, okay, it's already jumped today. I said to you guys when Coinbase was at 40 bucks, that's actually when we started buying it. I don't know if you remember. Now we've got Coinbase at $86.90 because what the market's saying is it's saying, hold on a second, Coinbase, if these ETF applications are actually going to happen, who's the custodian? Who's the place where they all buy these um uh, uh, um, uh, their Bitcoin, well, they're all going to go and trade on Coinbase. So keep an eye on Coinbase stock because Coinbase stock may actually be as exciting as as a a crypto stock. So that's what happened yesterday. That was where the FOMO came in. Let me know out of 10, just more or less out of 10, someone says, um, let me know out of 10 how much your FOMO levels are at at the moment. So just let's just... Let's just understand where your FOMO levels are, are at the moment. I mean, I woke up this morning. I was about a, I was about an eight. I was like, damn, I didn't buy enough. I should have bought more. I could have taken more leverage. Then I looked at my leverage positions. I was like, no, no, you could not have taken more leverage in that. If you did, that would have been uh, irresponsible. Anyway, let's let's quickly. Um, Hold on a second. Let's quickly just connect over here. So let's just quickly look at where we are at because I think we need to take stock of where we are at to understand whether it's too late to carry on buying or whether it's not too late to carry on buying. So this is our reality right now. Like it or not, this is our reality right now. The first thing is let's take a look at where we've come from. So we have come from here in, let's go into, let's say January. January is a very good starting point over here. We are up 108%. Bitcoin is up 108% for the year. But doesn't end there because we are still 50% from the all-time highs. Now, there's not another major asset class that is up this year, but still 50% away from its all-time highs. Bitcoin has a lot of catching up to do to get back to its all-time highs. And I think that we could attack them very, very quickly. I said to you yesterday, once we break this level, it's basically like a, like a hot knife through butter. Now, in the beginning of the year, I did say that I think that Kappa was making a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake. And I warned him and he blocked me then because I warned him and I said to him, Kappa, you're making a mistake. This market's turned. You've got to be able to change your views. He didn't. He didn't change his views until today. Now, the problem is this morning when I looked at his, his, his group, there's still 60,000 members in the group and they were all strong. What, what did he say? Still, still short and still strong. I think, I think that's what he said. Anyway, later on in the day, we actually had him capitulate. He said, look, he wrote this message to his Telegram group. He said, look, first of all, congratulations to all those who've been respectful and are, and are profiting during this move. Recognition to those who have earned it. Secondly, for those who followed some of my altcoin analysis, even though they're not financial advice, it went wrong. Apologies for any inconvenience I may have caused. 
I'm out of my shorts that were in a last Ave Solana. Imagine being uh, uh, short Solana in the last week. You would have got killed. Um, uh, CRO, TRX, keeping the ones in profit open, which is Matic, BNB, and Waves until more information is available. Thirdly, I always try to do my best in order to offer the best possible analysis, not asking anything in return. Sometimes we get it right and sometimes we don't. Once we make an analysis, the result is out of our control. Best we can do is to learn and try better next time. This breakout is not good for the main bearish scenario. I didn't expect 31k resistance to break that easily. After checking the market with a cool mind, price never broke 25, which was the main confirmation. Now that we're in a situation where price has gone below 30, uh, back below 30 in order to confirm a deviation of that resistance, which would mean that this has been a fake out caused by ETF euphoria plus USDT plus TUSD mints. However, until this happens, it's no man's land. It could go higher, but it could also deviate back below the retest. So for now, taking a loss in some short positions and keeping the profitable ones open, then wait and see. The bearish scenario is still not fully invalidated, but less probable. Now, this is the problem because the worst thing that you can do is not be able to pivot quickly enough. That is the worst thing that you can do. He's half capitulated. The problem is that he's still got 60,000 people in the Telegram group, and these 60,000 people are waiting for this thing to go down. It's absolutely, absolutely irresponsible, and he should have changed his call sooner because had he changed his call when I told him to change his call, he would have changed his call. Here, you can, here's the, the stamp. 26th of January is when I tweeted at him after he, he blocked me. Um, 26th of January, the price of Bitcoin was $22,000, more or less, give or take $22,000, which is absolutely crazy. Anyway, <clears throat> so the other, I mean, the other naysayer was um, Sifu, who took this ETH perpetual short, and I told him you're making a mistake, uh, again, publicly, and he's now at a two, $2.1 million loss on this, uh, on, this, on, this, uh, on this loss. The reality is that where we are right now, most people would be happier if the price went lower. And that's where the whole catch is. Because, because most people would be happier if the price actually went down, what is the point of max pain? The point of max pain is the market continuing to go up. The market is underexposed to this asset, so most people will be happier if it goes lower. Meantime, Bitcoin's just going to carry on um, climbing up the ranks to be one of the biggest assets uh, in the world. Bitcoin's not actually going to stop for anybody, um, Michael Saylor, as, as you probably uh, know, is up 4.68 billion in profit. Now, just a week ago, Michael Saylor was still down on his Bitcoin investment. Now, what is 4.68 billion? Let me tell you very simply what 4.68 billion is. 4.68 billion is more than Michael Saylor's company has ever made cumulatively in their existence by at least a factor of four. So I think in the entire existence of MicroStrategy, they didn't make anywhere near a billion dollars of profit. And now they're 4.68 billion. And the reality is that the truth is we're just getting started. We're, just, we're, still, we're still 50% down, still 50% away from uh, our all-time high. It, of course, that's if you live in, 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 in the United States. If you live in any of these other countries like, I don't know, Argentina, um, what are the other countries that are listed here? Argentina, Egypt, Laos, Lebanon, then for you, Bitcoin is, is very, very, very much at an all-time high. So it just depends how you look at it. It just depends what your, your angle is and, and how you look at it. How I look at it is as follows. I agree with this analysis and I agreed with this analysis for a very long time. I said, I think we're about 25% into the bull market. I don't think that it's too late. I think that this was done maybe a little bit uh, before where we, we are today. So maybe we're 27% into the bull market. But the real bull market hasn't yet started, okay? The real bull market hasn't yet started. The Bitcoin bull market has started. And what we know in, in the beginning of the Bitcoin bull market is that it's a Bitcoin bull market and that the alts generally tend to follow. It's going to exhaust you. It's going to make you feel like the alts will never follow. But sure as daylight, we know that every cycle lands up being exactly the same. First, it's Bitcoin. And as the Bitcoin price goes up, then we get the Bitcoin dominance going up. And right now, you've got the Bitcoin dominance at 54. And you've got some altcoins running, but not alt, all, all altcoins are running. 
We've had an amazing, amazing, amazing day on altcoins. I mean, look at the Chinese conflicts in, in banter bubbles. You got conflicts up 45%. You got even the meme coins, Pepe, up 32.7%. You've got Mina up 101% in one day. These are all, oh, Solana is up again. Solana is up 31.57. I see a lot of people are, oh yeah, we are going to give away the $1,000 to anyone who has been commenting in banter bubble. So that is coming at the end of the show. Don't worry, that is coming at the end of the show. I like this tweet by Kyle because what Kyle says is he says, look, total three is not exactly out of the woods yet. Now, to me, that's the opportunity. The Bitcoin run has happened, but if you look at total three, and maybe we should quickly just get a chart of total three. Let's quickly look at total three's chart. There it is. So there is total three's chart. Let's just maybe change our trend lines a bit. So let's let's just clean this thing up a little bit. And what you can see is that total three is very, 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 there we go. So if you look at that, I mean it's pretty much it pretty much has broken out, depending on how you look at it. Pretty much just, 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 just broke out. Um and so we can expect the beginning of an altcoin season. Until then, it's going to feel like Bitcoin's completely uh, outperformed. And you can see it here when you look at the, the old season index. So just look here, like the old season index, it's just, just, just starting to turn. That does mean that if you're in Bitcoin, maybe it's a little bit late to get into this run. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, if you're a long-term holder, I don't think it really makes much of a difference. But I wouldn't be FOMOing in now. I'm, I'm not a big fan of FOMOing into pumps like this. But if you're an altcoin person, this may be just the beginning because you can see that we've had some great rallies this week, even though a lot of people have said to us that altcoins aren't actually going to run. We have, we've actually had some great rallies this week. I mean, Hex is up 200%, Injective up 59%, Pulse up 60%, Pulse X. I mean, I want to show you something. So Pulse is up 60%, but let's just look at the chart of Pulse. It looks like quite an impressive chart, right? But if you zoom out, that's where Pulse is. That we've just started this altcoin rally. So yes, it is up 60%, but it's just started this rally. I mean, there are others that have had much better performance. Injective has been a much better performer. Um, Rune has been a fantastic performer at $2.16. Um, Pepe had its, a 50% bounce this week. Again, showing you that the money is starting to come back. The, the money is, is, is starting to come back into, into crypto. Um, but I mean, sure as hell, this this altcoin this altcoin cycle is going to continue to perpetuate uh, as it as it always does. That's exactly what's going to happen. Let, let's look at some alts. Let's look at some alts. I mean, the ones that have really outperformed. Um, this was as at October twenty fourth. So BSV. Okay, we don't really look at BSV. That's not really a coin. That's a shit coin. Um, injective up forty three point two percent. I mean, let's just have a look at this injective chart. So let's have a look here. That's, that's the injective chart. I mean, just look at that. Just look at that. When it takes out this level, which is the 1475, the next level is, it's, this is not the alt, the $26. The ne- after that, the next, the, the next level is $26. So that, that is definitely one, one to look at. Casper up 40%, one of our favorite coins. Solana up 30%. I, still, I think there's still a long way to go given the fact that um, you've got Breakpoint next week, which of course we'll be covering, like we said. Um, you see that the institutions have started to use Solana as their proxy for the next bull market. So they started to take money out of Ethereum and started to put money into Solana, big flows into Solana. So um, again, just shows you where the institution's head is. And that's why I think Solana still may be a good one for the long term. Like again, if you're DCAing, keep DCAing. I wouldn't be buying these crazy pumps because I do think we're going to get some kind of pullback from here. I don't think it's just going to be another straight leg up. This is this is way, way, way too aggressive. Um, but we are going to get some kind of, I think we are going to get some kind of pullback. All right. Um, I did say to you that I would show you how to catch the next Mina. So if you look at Mina today, Mina is up 100%. James, is there something happening outside? Okay. We do have Gareth on today. So Gareth's coming on. I really want to hear his view. So I did show to you, I did say to you that I would um, show you how to find another Mina. So I guess if you want to understand how to find another Mina, the first thing you have to understand is what happened to Mina that it actually went up 100% today. And if you want to know the answer to that, just go here. 
click on M-I-N-A over here. I'm going to show you how to do this so that you guys can do this yourself. Click on markets and click on 24-hour volume. And what do you see? It's the same trick that I teach you guys every single time. Upbit volume. Mina's biggest volume, bigger than Binance, by a factor of three, is happening on Upbit. Why? Because Upbit, Upbit which is the Korean exchange, listed Mina, and the Korean DGENs all decided to actually buy this. And that's exactly what happened. So if you want to catch these pumps, and there's quite a few of these Mina-type pumps that are happening, right? All you need to do is try and identify which tokens are going to be listed on on um, on Upbit or on the Korean exchanges. And you can see that um, there's an event called UDC. UDC is a well-known for an, an annual event for Upbit official, Korea's number one exchange. To date, 66 projects have participated in UDC, of which 37 were already listed on on uh, uh, on um, on the Korean exchange. Of the 29 projects, 13 were listed as KRW pairs after UDC. So, so you look at these and you say, why are we paying attention? Even if the market cap was high, Korean showed a crazy pump. And you can see what these are. Um, and so essentially what, what, what you need to be looking for is you need to be looking for the next one that can actually be listed. So um, Stargate Finance might actually be one of them. So, and that's one of the reasons why I've actually gone quite heavy into, into Stargate because A, when I look at Stargate, so let's just have a look here. If I look at Stargate USDT, uh, here we go. And we can just pick any, any exchange. Look at that. It's been on a downtrend for a long time and it's just starting to break that little up, uptrend. So for me, I took a little position here because I think that it's gonna, there's going to be another one of these Korean pumps. So how do you catch these pumps? Very simple. You go to crypto at crypto alerting. You monitor the upbit trading pair volume on CoinMarketCap and use a bot like the unusual upbit vault to spot spikes in volume. So if you want this explanation, go to Miles' Twitter and then you can start identifying these upbit things. That's I think the only place where you can see these hundred percent pumps in a day is if you if you if you are trading the the um, the Korean pumps. And then I mean, look, I think Gareth's probably going to tell you guys the same thing because I know Gareth actually took profits on his Bitcoin position at thirty one thousand, and that's what I, actually what I want to talk to him about. We're going to bring him onto the show in a second, but. Don't be scared to take profits. Even I took profits on my Doge position. I took profits on some of my Bitcoin positions today. Um, Kathy Wood, she took profits on her Coinbase position and on her GBTC BTC, uh, share positions. And one of the reasons why I say that is because just look at the four-hour RSIs. Most of the four-hour RSIs are very, 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 very high. Look at that. And generally, when the four-hour RSIs are this high, you kind of want to maybe think of taking some profits if you're a short-term trader look if you're a long-term trader and you're in this investor and you're in this for the long term that's great but if you're a short-term trader nothing wrong in taking profits nothing wrong in taking profits and actually speaking of taking profits let's see if gareth if if the man's in the house can we bring gareth on guys are you going to write on the back of an envelope again (laughs) no i think i got no sound again we got audio you can hear me Hold on, we went. Can you hear me? Now we can hear you. Now we can hear you. So oh, you, you don't go. have to write on the back right. of an envelope. <laughs> nice. That was fun though. But uh, but yeah, speaking of fun, what a move in crypto, huh? Oh man. You know you know how long I've been calling this for, Gareth. You know how long I've been I've been saying this is happening. This is happening. I actually, to be honest, this has been my my best trading streak ever. I've never traded as well as, as I've traded now. It's been my best. I think trading it's because you learned a little charting. That's that's my guess. Possibly, 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 possibly. <laughs> yeah, you said you were going to take profits at 31,000. I was monitoring your group yesterday and you guys took your profits at 31,000. Well, you took yeah, half. So, so, yeah, so we took half off at 31,000. And then, so this is the, the mind of a trader is you never know how high it's going to go, especially with crypto, right? Crypto is wild. So what I did was I took half off at 31,000, which was resistance. And then I let the other half run to 34,000, took that off. And then when we popped above 35,000 last night, I, or at least nighttime, my time, I ended up shorting a little bit of Bitcoin at 35,175. So, so again, it's a small position on the short side, but I like, I like the advice you're giving. It's like, you know, it, it depends on your time frame, right? If you're someone who's going to hold for 10 years, don't even worry about this. Go back to bed, go back and sleep for the next 10 years. But if you're someone like me who's a trader, then you got to be nimble. You sell into resistance, you short at resistance, and you buy at support. 
Hold on a second. Let me ask you a question. So the reason why people are buying is they're buying in anticipation of the ETF. You think that this ETF, does the market tell you that the ETF is days, hours, minutes away? I mean, you've been around for a long time. You've seen this insatiable type of crazy buying, this FOMO on stocks, on on, on everything else. Don't you get the feeling from your experience that this is it, that this is minutes away? It does seem like that. Um, you know, I, I think what's going on right now is last week when we had that fake news, it made everyone realize that when this does get approved and approval odds were already at 80% or more that this thing was going to rip. And so now everyone's piling in on anticipation. I would just liken this to NVIDIA's earnings last quarter. After earnings, they were amazing. The stock opened at like $500 and then sold straight off. So just be aware that people are buying the news ahead of time they may look to take profits when that pop does come. All right. So what's your next play here? So you short now 35. What yep. I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna call up your screen. Maybe just show us kind of like how you're seeing the charts and what 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 levels you're expecting. Right. So so I started a position, I nibbled. I call it nibbling. It's where I don't go all in, I just kind of dip my toe in the water at just appears to 35. The idea is if it goes higher, I want to be able to add to that short at other levels to dollar cost average. Uh, the, the play here is to wait for a pullback now to what I would call the scene of the crime. So the scene of the crime was the breakout above 31.8. So when we pull back to that level, that would be where I would cover my short and potentially swing it back into a long trade. So again, this is just playing the levels now. It's like pinball or ping pong. You just use short at resistance, you buy at support. What do you think of the 31,000 level? Do you think that 31,000 level is history now? I mean, we broke it. Initially, you said... Initially, you said I wanted to close over for a couple of days before I buy into it. But then you get like a quick, the problem is that we had a, like, like a knife, like a hot, a, a hot knife through butter. I mean, that's a, it was like, shoo, like, and that, by the way, that came because of a lot of, a lot of people were, were banking and they probably had shorts with stops right at that pivot high. So once that price got above that level, it caused massive liquidations and short covering essentially, which caused these bigger pops. And, and again, me, that's pretty common at levels, but it's excel, accentuated on things like crypto. So there it is. That's the one hour chart. And you can actually see on my screen, you can see the one hour chart. Oh, let's just it was incredible. And, it was incredible how the open interest just, let me just try and reload it and see if it, if it works. There we go. So you can see on the, uh, okay, so let me quickly put on, put in the open interest for us, open interest. And let me just put the right ticker symbol in BTC USDT dot P. Okay. Now let me put in the open interest. Okay. Now if you look at this on a one hour time frame, yeah. you're in a second, it'll load. And then you, that's the, that's the shorts getting destroyed yesterday. That Those are the 31,000. Cause look. Where, where does it break? Where, where does it where does it break? It breaks at exactly that level. 31, 31.650. That's where the short started to get liquidated. And those were all the guys shorting the previous high. Um, saying it's, that's the range. We're going to go short at the top of that range. And bang, they all got liquidated. Yeah, when you yeah. see a short squeeze, when you see a short liquidation like that, doesn't that tell you that there's going to be quite a bit of consolidation now? There should be, right? There should be a lot of consolidation, which would generally be sideways to slightly lower. The key, again, is you want to hold that previous high. So if price comes back there, you buy it until proven otherwise, meaning that if proven otherwise, if it somehow gets back below there and starts moving below 30,000, that would be really, really bad. But as long as it holds 31.8 or so, um, you got the chart is the chart. The chart tells you what you got to know, and that's, that's to buy that support now. Okay, so just to, to confirm the trade now, short Bitcoin, 35,000. Look to close your shorts, 32,5, and then yep. to, start reversing, right to start reversing your trade for a potential other move up. Yeah, and if I go long, at, let's say I go long at 31.8 or 32 after I cover that short, I would keep a stop at any basically a day or two close back below that level. I would just stop out for a small loss because that would be a warning sign and I wouldn't want to get caught if we start heading back down. How many how many losing trades have you taken on crypto recently? Like, I mean, I've been following you guys. I don't remember a losing trade, to be honest. No, you know, I, I think I've had three losing trades since November of 2021 out of about 100. So, so it's it's small. And again, the key is is I don't. No, I mean, no, no, hold on, hold on. That's a bit ridiculous. Okay, hold on. You've had three losing trades out of <laughs> out of about 100. Yeah, about 100. Yeah, three but losing trades. One, listen. 
I'm always, oh, it's so important to be honest. One of them was Terra Luna and I got crushed on that, but luckily it was like 3% of my portfolio, but man, did I get crushed on that one? You got crushed on 3%. I got crushed on 50% of my portfolio with the same bloody trade. All right, guys, um, Gareth, first of all, thank you, my friend. I just wanted to get your feeling because I know that the 31 level was super important to you. Uh, guys, I say again, there is a link below to join Gareth's verified investing. Uh, it's not, we don't, we don't punch you on many um, services, uh, but Eldon, I just want to show you something. But we do, within Gareth's one, we trust. And because we trust, uh, because we trust Gareth's one so much, we actually have given you guys a link. Let me just show them where the link is. So a lot of people don't know where to find the link. I also don't know where to find the link, actually. Right on the top. So which one is that? This one. Okay, so get daily stock trading alerts from Gareth Sullivan. It's in the money stocks, but where's okay? Where's Gareth? Uh, ver- okay, so this is verified, verified education and verified call. So you've got them. You've got all the. You've got all the links here. If you're into stocks, that's the link. If you want the education, that's the link. And if you want the calls, that's the link over there. Sign up. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's value for money wise. If you're getting a hundred trades and three of them are failing. I mean, I, I I wish I could do that. I really wish, but don't worry. I'll I'll be there soon. I'll be there soon. You're, so. you're on your way, buddy. I know I'll be you're there on soon. your way. Brother, listen, right. much love. I'll see you in a few minutes on Twitter Spaces, I guess. Sounds good, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Cool, guys. Thanks, Gar. All right, cool. That's Gareth. Now, remember, I did say that if you were in the banter bubbles and you were chatting, that you would stand a chance to win your share of a thousand bucks. So I guess we should do it then, right? We should go into the bubbles. We should find great usernames. So Bitcoin, Bitcoin Holio, if you want to win, a, if you want to claim your hundred bucks, giveaways at cryptobanter.com. Um, let's go into the Solana bubble. I want injective. Let's go into the injective bubble. Lots of people talking injective bubble. Um, but, oh, we've got Gassan, Nick Gassan. Uh, you want hundred bucks? It's giveaways at cryptobanter.com. Uh, and guys, I encourage you to go and chat in the bubbles because there's a lot of alpha actually in the bubbles. Let's go to the Mina bubble. Uh, and let's give away 100 bucks. Tomorrow we'll do the same thing. Max he, Max he, uh, giveaways at cryptobanter.com. And then remember, lastly, if you haven't already got a Bybit or a BitGet or a CoinW account, tomorrow our website goes live for the prediction um, for the prediction uh, 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 market. So you remember we said we're going to allow you guys to predict the um, the um, price of Bitcoin on the 1st of the 1st, 2020, uh, 2020, 2024. And if you get it right, then you will get a full Bitcoin. You get half a Bitcoin for getting it right and half a Bitcoin if you've traded more than 10 times in the account. So here are the partners. You can see them over here. You can use Bybit, you can use BitGet, or you can use CoinW depending on where you live. And tomorrow the website, Josh has promised me that tomorrow the website goes live and we can start doing those predictions. So listen, I will see you guys again tomorrow. It's been amazing hanging out with you guys here on the Banter channel again. I'll be back here on the same channel tomorrow. Until then, trade well, my friends.